Hello, my friends. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast, and I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I have a delicate episode that I do want to try to present to you with a carefulness, but also with clarity, and I trust with humility. I want to answer a common question that people ask us when they start inquiring about our Mastermind program. Our Mastermind program is an all-online training program where any individual can come to us and they can do the work. Uh, They can go through our training program and learn how to become a more effective disciple maker. But because I live and breathe somewhat in the uh, biblical counseling world, uh, we have folks that understand the idea of biblical counseling and they want to be equipped in biblical counseling and so they will ask me inevitably, uh, does this training go toward certification for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors? And so in this podcast, I want to carefully but also clearly answer this question. In fact, I titled the episode 396, Why ACBC Does Not Accept our training? Well, you've already, well, you have the answer as to does our training apply to the Association of Certified Biblical Counselor Certification Program by the way that I have titled the episode. Now, if you want to read uh, my show notes here, I would love for you to do that, episode 396. And again, it's titled, Why ACBC Does Not Accept Our Training. Now, I want to get more into my direct answer to that question in a few moments, but I also believe that I I need to explain a a little bit because uh, there's a lot of uh, speculation. Uh, There's rumors, there's gossip, and people, people will talk, and so I want to be very clear about where I am with ACBC, and then I will get a little more detail into the answer that this podcast is seeking to answer. Does your program, does your mastermind program, uh, will it lead toward or be part of the ACBC certification process? I am in a weird place as a as a biblical counselor. I am a third rail guy. Uh, I don't belong to anyone necessarily uh, because I want the freedom to be able to communicate in the ways that I believe that God is teaching me. I am accountable. I do have accountability to my board. I have accountability to our team. I have accountability to friends. But what I'm saying is, is that when you belong to an organization, for example, you can lose freedom or you can self-censor yourself because you want to be, you can become more beholding to the organization than what you believe uh, God teaches you. And so there is a delicate walk between accountability and submitting to authority, which I do, but yet I don't want to be beholding to an organization, especially if they are going to do 
determine what I say and what I have to say uh, versus what I believe uh, that God is teaching me. Now, I am not implying at all uh, that I have figured things out. As I look back on my journey, God regenerated me in 1984, and there has been a huge evolution of thought. The things that I believed in 84 and 94 and 2004 and 2014, it continues to evolve. But I want to be clear. I mean, the best that I can do for you is to be honest, not be pretentious, uh, to communicate to you in the clearest way that I possibly can up to where my understanding is at this moment. And so that's why I choose to ride a third rail and not be beholding to, for example, any of the biblical counseling organizations that are out there. And again, as I continue to learn and as my accountability continues to speak into my life, uh, I want to admit uh, where I have been wrong, and and I want to step into a new position, and I want to communicate it as clear as possible as well. And that has been how I have lived my entire Christian experience. I am clear and direct and dogmatic in what I believe, and then when I, I learn more, I evolve and change. That is the doctrine of progressive sanctification, but I want to be clear and direct where, I, where I'm at at that future moment as well. But as far as the biblical counseling world is concerned, I am in a weird place, and, and I want to communicate that in, in, by giving you three different perspectives uh, on what I mean by being in a weird place. First of all, I think ACBC is uh, the best counseling organization out there. Uh, if there were a pyramid, I would put them at the top of the pyramid. I used to put CCEF. Uh, at the top, uh, but they have drifted uh, a good bit over the past decade. And then I think when David uh, Pallison uh, went to heaven, uh, they just went further off the rails. And so I, I don't have, I, I don't, I don't look at their stuff at all anymore. When I used to, I mean, their journal of biblical counseling from 20 years ago, I got the CD that they sent out and had it on my hard drive, and and I still cherish uh, some of those articles. Idols of the Heart and Vanity Fair by by David Pallison is is at the top of the list. I mean, there's this profound. Uh, work that they have done uh, in the past, but uh, they are not at that place anymore. And then all of the other acronyms, I just don't really have any respect for, and I'm not going to mention them. And so ACBC, in my view, uh, they are uh, the leader. I would see them at the top of the pyramid, and I have most respect for this organization, and I appreciate uh, what they have been doing over the past decade, especially uh, with the brand change moving away from NANC, uh, because uh, NANC had had turned itself into a, a a bad connotation in in many pockets of of the country for a whole lot of reasons. But that's not the point of of this uh, podcast. But they began to evolve. You know, they too, like me, uh, they want to evolve and continue to be better at what they do. And so I have a lot of respect for the courage that it takes not only to change their name, 
I mean, that's the easy part, but uh, to change their brand, their vibe, their tone, and, and how they do things. And so I have a lot of respect. Not so much, I mean, part of it is where they are, but you, you look for the presence of things, not the perfection of things. And and none of us have perfected uh, our walk with God, and, and no organization has done that. But you see the presence of change with ACBC, and so that gives you hope for a continual future change as well. And so I would put them at the top of the list. Now, admittedly, I have received virtually no training from ACBC. I went to the Master's University in the late 90s, and after I graduated with my MABC, all I needed to do was 20 hours in order to be, at that time, NANC certified. And so I haven't gone through any ACBC training. to, to be uh, certified uh, as a as a NANC or ACBC level certified biblical counselor because the MABC program at the Masters University was more uh, comprehensive. And then when I went through my fellowship uh, in the uh, mid-aughts, uh, I took a theological exam and a, and a counseling exam, but it was more about hours and so forth. And so I haven't really received any ACBC training, and so I can't speak to it. But even if I could, you know, that's 20 years ago, and I'm sure that it's different today. And so as far as the quality of their training, I cannot say. But I will say that I did go to the MABC program through the Master's University back in the late 90s, and my professors were Wayne Mack, Stuart Scott, and John Street. And I have the utmost respect for these three men three different personalities without question, and I was the beneficiary because uh, they brought their three different perspectives, which was really perfect uh, to me as they uh, taught me about biblical counseling, and so it was foundational, and I I love Wayne Stewart and and John uh, very much, though I don't have any association with any of them uh, now, but I fondly appreciate uh, them pouring themselves into me 20-something years years ago. I will say now what I said then, that the Master's University or the MABC program specifically, that it was life-changing, but it was more than that. It was transformational, but it was also trajectory-altering. I mean, it changed my life, and it changed it changed my life personally, and it changed the course of my life. And so I have a lot of affection for uh, the program that I went through, particularly with Wayne Stewart and John. And then connected to that, I have respect and appreciation for ACBC and, and how they are evolving and trying to uh, mature out as an organization, and I appreciate some of the steps that they have have taken. And so that's my perspective on ACBC. Now, the the second part, talking about the weird place that I am in, there are aspects of the abuse culture that absolutely despise me. I mean, they have no affection whatsoever for me. I I don't use the word hate. That is it's, it's exceptional for me to use the word hate because it's the strongest of words. I hate sin. I hate the devil. Uh, but to hate somebody, uh, that's too harsh, and I wouldn't attribute that to them. But I, I would say that they despise me, and I've seen it. I've, I've read their uh, Facebook uh uh, comments and Twitter comments, and I've had people send me uh, some of the things that they have said, and so there's no question that the abuse culture, uh, or a part of it rather, 
despises me. And here's the thing, is that typically when they do, they connect me to ACBC. Uh, I'm tied to the hip with ACBC in their mind. Uh, many times when they speak of their disdain for me, uh, they they use uh, the hashtag ACBC as well because we're one and the same in their mind. Now, here's the irony. Here's point number three. ACBC has nothing to do with me. They hardly have ever had anything to do with me. And so I have a lot of respect for ACBC. The abuse culture despises me because I'm connected. Well, they despise me personally, but then to uh, add another layer to it, they despise me because I'm connected with ACBC. ACBC. But, I have, but they have nothing to do with me. I am a fellow with ACBC, but I am not aware of anyone reaching out to me from ACBC. Now, my memory could fail me, and and if it has, I apologize, but it would, let's just say, it would be an anomaly for anyone uh, in authority at ACBC to ever reach out to me uh, for any reason, to my awareness they never have. I became a fellow, I think, in 2008. It was the St. Lewis Conference. That much I remember. I always get it confused between 06 and 08, but I think it was 08 when I became a fellow, but it was the St. Louis Conference. And since then, and even before then, uh, well, actually since then, uh, they have rejected all of my proposals to speak at their conferences as a, a breakout speaker. Uh, they have not reached out to me. Uh, they haven't inquired about anything that I am doing. They haven't sought any kind of association. Now, I have tried. Uh, I attended their conferences, and I have sent in proposals to speak uh, at their conferences. Now, perhaps, and I, I do understand this, that the quality of my work could be inferior, and I can accept that. I mean, that could be uh, their perspective, that my proposals were not to their standards, or maybe that they had better speakers. I mean, I'm fine with that. I can tick those boxes and say that is why, but they have never explained. Uh, they don't send out explanatory letters. They send out form letters uh, that they send to everyone. There's nothing personal about it. And typically what they send out is like, here are the speakers for the conference. And so you just make the deduction that that, uh, you're not one of them. And so we didn't accept it. But what they send out are form letters. And so I don't have a relationship with ACBC. And I can't explain to you why that is because I don't know. Uh, I have tried. Uh, I started the Nank Twitter account uh, many years ago talking to uh, Randy Patton. Actually, that was in St. Louis. He said that he didn't know uh, anything about that or social media, and if I wanted to have at it, you can have at it. So I started the Nank Twitter account and trained Kelly Alexander, who was working there at the time. I've also have, I, I have spoken at their conferences back uh, 20, 20 something years ago. But since I received my fellowship uh, and as our ministry has continued to prosper, uh, I've had no association whatsoever and they have not reached out. And so I am in a, no, I'm not struggling with that. Uh, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other uh, because I'm not beholding to ACBC. I respect what they're doing. 
but if they never want to have anything to do with me, honestly, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm just trying to communicate, being as clear as possible, that this is the weird place that I am. I respect them and what they're doing and where they're going. The abuse culture disdains me and connects me with ACVC, and ACVC has nothing to do with me. And so the question is, now that's my introduction, and so the question is, uh, does your training go uh, toward uh, ACBC certification? Well, I've already answered that, but the more direct answer is that we've never asked them. I've never asked them, and so that's all me. I've never asked them. Now, I would also say that they have never sought to include our program as part of ACBC certification, their process. And so I've never asked. They've never sought. And they do know that we exist. I mean, it's stunning. Uh, I am stunned, humbled, uh, somewhat in disbelief in how God has been using this ministry and uh, reaching the world uh, with the practical message of Christ, and they are very much aware that we exist. Uh, but for whatever reason, you would have to ask them. I haven't asked. I haven't sought. Uh, and so our our uh, program is not a part of the certification uh, process. I'm not opposed to our program being part of the ACBC uh, process as long as it doesn't detract from our values, our objectives, and our outcomes. But that creates a rub, because one of our values is that there is a problem. There's a problem with this this terminology, certified biblical counselor, and I have been outspoken about this, that most people will connote certified biblical counselor as a, pro, as a person who is qualified uh, to counsel people, uh, to do high-end, formalized counseling. Now, you can test this out yourself. Uh, you could pull 10 people together at your church, and you may have to explain what all of this is and you know, walk them through it, but once you do that and get them up to speed so they understand your question and ask them uh, if ACBC, if a certified biblical counselor equals qualification, the majority of them say, well, yeah, I mean, that, that means they're qualified uh, to counsel, and they won't delineate between, well, what do you mean? I mean, to meet a friend at a coffee shop or to do sexual abuse counseling. There's a stratification in biblical counseling, and that is the problem. It is a huge problem. And, and we have received, I mean, just it is just forum post after forum post for years and years where people come on our our forums on our website and say you know i met with an acbc counselor certified biblical counselor and you know it was terrible it was a horrible experience it was damaging it was this that or the other and i'm well aware that i am receiving or hearing a or reading in this case a one-sided story i get it but let's just say that we just knock out 60% of them it's still an overwhelming amount of people, and this is a problem. And so in my view, ACBC could do a better job speaking candidly about the flaws of the connotation. The connotation is that certification equals qualification. Not only Now, I know that they do. I know that they have said this. I know it's in their language, but it's still an issue, and it's not clear 
it's not clear as I believe that it should be and that we need to be more candid, as candid as I am about our training. I, I say the same thing about our training. I'll talk about it in just a moment. But there is no way we would let anyone go through our program at the end of our training. They can get a piece of paper, but there is no way that they would ever be qualified to do a sexual abuse case. Uh, there's no way. That's not how. That's not how that happens. Training is just a is one aspect of what needs to happen to be able to assess a person to find out if they have the ability, the skill set, uh, to be able to counsel at that level. And so, not only do, do does ACBC need to do better uh, about speaking candidly of the flaws of connotation, but they also need to do better at creating a meritocracy meaning that there is a process that where the playing field is very uneven, that everybody does not get to the same place because everybody cannot be at the same place. The problem is, is that you cannot separate the false continuum. Not, you, cannot, you can't honestly separate this false continuum that, that people believe certification equals qualification, and one size fits all, and that's the method that they have. And that is an issue, and it's one of the biggest issues that that we have. And then there are other people on the other side of the argument, and they will say, well, you know, certification is that it provides credibility for the church and credibility for the community if you have ACBC certified counselors. That argument affirms the false connotation or the false continuum. It says, we have a certificate, therefore we are credible. Do you hear that? The argument is certification is that it provides credibility for the church and the community if you have ACBC certified biblical counselors. Do you hear how that argument affirms the very false continuum or the false connotation that I am communicating. We have the certificate, therefore we are credible, meaning we are qualified to counsel well. Are you able to honestly see the fallacy in this rationalization for those who hold up the argument that it gives us credibility? It gives you credibility only if you are legitimately qualified. Now, I am not suggesting the training that ACBC offers is inferior from an academic standpoint. I am not saying that at all. But training is not all you need to be a competent counselor engaging high-end, complicated counseling issues. You see, a, a qualified counselor has three vital aspects that they must qualify for. One of them is the academy. The second one is the experience. And the third one is their capacity. Let me break those down. Academy. Have you received competent and comprehensive training? Perhaps the ACBC certified a certification process gives you competent and comprehensive training up to a point because it cannot give you training uh, 
all the training that you need to be a high-end formalized biblical counselor counseling complicated cases. Our training doesn't do that either. And so the academy, have you received, in order to counsel high-end, have you received competent, comprehensive training? Explain how that has happened. Number two, experience. Do you have field experience, which, by the way, takes five-plus years? If you're, if, conditional, if you're counseling regularly under competent supervision, you don't become a major league baseball player because you have gone through a, a series of fundamentals of baseball, and, and you have learned how to uh, pitch, catch, throw, and hit. No, it takes many years to become an accomplished major leaguer, and that's what we are talking about. And so there is experience. And then there's this third category, which could be the biggest of them all. Do you actually have the skill set, the gift mix, the capacity to counsel at this level? You see, if we're going to connote that certified gives us credibility in the community, and certified means that I am a biblical counselor, well, if, if you're not going to delineate, if you're not going to stratify this, uh, then the connotation is is that you are a certified biblical counselor, and the connotation is that you can counsel all comers. Well, that's where we're going to damage people. That's where we're going to hurt people. I tell our students over and again that the end of the game is this. You're going to be sitting across from the table from someone, and we cannot hurt them. And so we do not offer certification in the way that most folks define what getting certification means. We go to great lengths to identify the skill set, the gift mix, the capacity of those in our training. And nobody would go through our program and have all the tools you need to counsel on a high-end level. We would never say that about any individual. Nobody it's not possible. It never will happen because going through our training, going through ACBC training, no training can do that on its face because it takes a whole lot more. Uh, it takes the field experience, multiple years of doing it regularly, plus you have to have the assessment of skill set, gift mix, and capacity to see if you can reach this level. Perhaps they will get there in a few years. But we're clear, we're adamant, we're unequivocal in what it means to go through our training. It's not about certification, but it's about helping a Christian find the perfect spot for them to care well for others. Now, we are not opposed to be part of the ACBC certification process, as I said earlier, as long as it doesn't detract from our values, our objectives, and our outcomes. But... Uh, I've been very clear for many years now, and I've done several podcasts about this, about the damage that we do, at, that some of us do as biblical counselors, and part of that is because we're not as clear as we ought to be. And I've, I've, talked, to, I've talked to so-called certified biblical counselors, and they have given me this argument that, well, uh, people, people want to know if, if we can certify. I mean, this is Bush League stuff. 
I mean, they want that certification. And so they go through our training, they jump through our hoops, and they get that piece of paper, and they become a certified biblical counselor so they have credibility, so they can hang a shingle out, so that they are respected in the community or in the church because they're certified biblical counselors. But people put together the connotation. If you have certification, you have you are qualified, and then we put people in front of them, and they are not able to do the work, especially on high-end, complicated counseling cases. And so if you want to go through our program, uh, we would love for you to do that, but we don't hide the ball. Uh, we are very honest and, and very clear about what our program is and, and what it's not. Uh, we're, we're very clear on, as clear as we can be, on trying to help people to have a sober self-assessment of who, who they are. I have hurt people uh, in counseling. I have done a poor job in counseling, and, and I have uh, talked to those who have been affected adversely by uh, biblical counselors. And so this is a thing, and I'm not ever going to stop talking about it. And so I, by the grace of God, and I, I want to continue to grow in my gifting. I want to mature. I want to be a better counselor than I was yesterday. And, and I want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to properly identify people because it's, it's not about getting certification. It's about finding your spot uh, finding your place in God's world to where you can help another struggling soul according to the capacity that you have, and you have a clear-eyed understanding uh, on what that capacity is, and you're seeking to continue to grow in it. Now, if you want to talk to me about this podcast, we would love to engage you. We have one place in all the world where we do that, and that is on our community forums. We don't engage people on social media because we're not omnipresent as far as a human resource uh, perspective. We don't have uh, the people uh, to be able to maintain our 20-plus social media platforms if people ask questions there. And so I don't want you to fall through the cracks, and, and we will uh, talk with you in a most civil way. And if you're willing to do that, uh, then we would love to engage you, and, and you can disagree. Uh, disagreement is just fine, but we want to be clear uh, and if there's any areas where we need to change, well, by the grace of God, we will change. Uh, but we do want to be clear in our perspective. And if you want to engage us about it, please jump on our forums. and We'd find no greater joy uh, than to talk to you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.